You're listening to the Movers Union Podcast. We're here to talk about movement, philosophy, and everything in between. My name is Ben Wexler. And I am Justin Cooper. We are both movement specialists, and this is the Movers Union. All right, welcome everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Movers Union. I am Justin Cooper once again, and... And my name is Ben Wexler. So in this episode, we're going to uh, break down kind of our yoga experience, how we feel about it, um, some views on that, and our experience going through that process of being students ourselves and becoming teachers. So uh, kind of taking that to you, Ben, if you want to start off with like, what was that initial student experience and maybe like how how that transitioned into even thinking about becoming a teacher. So uh, we touched on this a little bit in our last episode where we're talking about like just our history and fitness and things like that. I got into yoga because I first started, like I was, I grew up not athletic at all, at all. And I was skinny fat for most of my life. If you know what skinny fat is, it's like, when you have skinny arms and you have kind of like a belly, it's like honestly probably the least desirable physiological shape you could be in, you know? And, uh, uh, you know, not athletic at all. I started to get into lifting after my first breakup and I started thriving on it because it's when you actually really break it down, bodybuilding is a super nerdy thing to do. Like, um, you know, isolation and nutrition and nutrient timing and these things. And as I started to see myself develop physically, I started to get curious of other modalities that are out there. And, you know, yoga is touted as like this. Um, it's good for stretching, you know. Also, it's worth mentioning that uh, my mom and dad are both very, very spiritual people um you know i grew up under a completely different religion that most people have never heard of called the baha'i faith and i'm not yeah honestly it's a dope religion i'm not religious anymore um but one of like they there's so many cool things that baha'is believe like progressive revelation which is like um like Every like every like prophet is a messenger of God that came down for their time to deliver a message that was relevant to that time. And over time, the message evolves, which I think is really cool because um, looking into it, I actually just found out that, um, you know, in, in Christianity, they touch on this as well. They talk about, you know, like the Torah, the Old Testament is the old way. The New Testament is the new way. And then there's going to be a, another coming of Christ in the future. Um, Buddhism talks about this. You know, and uh, a lot of a lot of religions actually talk about it. So, a really cool religion. If you're if you want to look into it, I definitely think you should. Um, I'm again, I'm not religious. I'm not trying to sell any religion at all. Like I like to live my best life according to um, my values and and what means integrity to me. So anyway, that being said, I grew up like in a very abnormal thing like I wasn't Christian I didn't grow up Jewish like we practiced Hanukkah and stuff but like not really and so I was basically ready to like so I heard about yoga I knew there'd be mobility and also I knew there'd be girls there okay (laughs) that's definitely a a valid you know component yeah that you gotta you gotta talk about and I knew that uh 
there's a spiritual component about it. So I wanted to check it out. Right. And that's the full story. Okay. And then, Mobility, now the, girls, uh, and spirituality. Right. <laughs> Which, you know, admittedly, the, you know, the second reason might not sound the best, but you got to think this was uh, 19, 20 year old Ben at the time. But, anyways, got into it. And I was like, I liked it a lot. Like, I just felt so calm afterwards. And mind you, this is like a college yoga experience. This isn't like a studio experience. And I, I, was, I was feeling just calm. And I felt just really good. I actually just started to really like it. I, I remember, like, staying after class to ask the teacher about certain postures. I remember even back then I was drawn to Half Moon. I really liked Half Moon, and I wanted it to be perfect and, you know. Um, and, and a lot of my students know now that's like easily my favorite pose. And then years went by, right? I liked it so, I liked it a lot in college, but I never really pursued it. Also, there's like this stigma about yoga and like, uh, I don't know if you went through this, but it made me question a lot of things. It was like, oh dang, am I becoming like this weird yoga person now? Like (laughs) that, that whole deal. And, uh, you know, so I like didn't really want to fully like go into it all that much. And then years went down the line and I ended up moving right next to a yoga studio. And then why don't we stop there for my story and then let's switch it back to you. You know, and like tell us a little bit more. You touched on it last time. Tell us a little bit more about like your first experience and maybe your motivations to going and that sort of thing. My initial appeal to it was it was mm-hmm. like something my, my brother had been doing some yoga and he was like yo it's great you try it out cool um so i did and that initial appeal was like oh yeah like i feel good after i do this you know like that's very that's very mm-hmm. basic and pretty universal like <laughs> right you know reason for liking Consistent. something as well as yeah an experience that most people have going to a yoga class so like you know it might be oh that's challenging or you know, maybe it was like that was really hard or whatever. But overall, like the sense that you get at the end is like, oh, that was that was cool. Like that, that was good. I'm more calm, peaceful, whatever. My body just feels good. I was going to say, especially if it's not something if you're not very active at all. But probably there's a better chance of you feeling just like good in your whole body doing it if you do have some level of movement, you know, in your life, I'm sure. And I see, you know, a lot of people come to my class where it's like, you know, they haven't ever done anything and then they like really struggle through it. And it might take a few more, you know, because you're kind of rearranging everything. (laughs) You're creating Mm -hmm. this new awareness in the body. I never necessarily imagined it being like a a life pursuit or whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. But then... Yeah, my my brother told me similar things of like, you know, I know you're going to the community center, but like you got to go to a studio. It's just a different experience. Great. So I went to a studio and it was. It was just a totally different experience. And the, I don't know, like the, the passion of the teachers, the what they kind of pull into class from out of life, you know, there's this whole other dynamic of, of things um, that, they, that they kind of bring to the table. That was great, as well as, yeah, there, there were a lot of girls there, which was cool. Um, and honestly, like, it was, it, it wasn't too long into this process 
where I definitely at least had the initial thought. Maybe I wasn't 100% sold on it yet, but definitely had the initial thought like, oh, I think that like these type of people, like I, I think this is the type of girl that I would want <laughs> to, to actually be with, you know, mm-hmm. like for, for, for life, you know, mm-hmm. um, where it's just like, because it's another, the whole community of it is another level of, just like awareness and, and consciousness where like sense yoga does build that in a person. It's kind of the type of person that is drawn to it also that is the type of person who wants to develop more awareness and not just be like totally blind or naive or ignorant to things. So yeah, I remember that being a thing where I was just like, oh, like this is, you know, it's people trying to better themselves. It's people trying to become more aware it's you know people who are compassionate and and whatever like uh, all, all these positive traits are at least the generality um that that comes along with it and maybe that was part of the stereotype that you were trying to like avoid also because <laughs> um, you can definitely take that in into that direction as well but yeah, it was just it was just awesome, and like we talked about before, I did it. You know, I did it every day for, you know, practically every day for about a month, and like, I was just like, oh, this this is dope, and then I just kept doing it. You know, <laughs> like it's mm-hmm. basically how that happened. Yeah, I totally get what you're saying. You know, like when I stepped into that studio, that power yoga studio right next to to my place, it was like it was unreal. The vibes were unreal, and and everything that you're talking about, um, you know, I I totally felt, you know, especially the more that I went to, um, you know, what's interesting too that I'd like to point out was I had this uh, almost like a imposter syndrome when I was going there. You know, mm-hmm. like imposter syndrome. If you don't know what it is, the simplest version is like a compliment. If someone compliments you. Your subconscious mind feels that you're not deserving of that compliment and you sabotage yourself or that compliment. You reject the compliment. Um, you, you can see the same thing in like, uh, you know, if you get a promotion, um, like if you ever notice someone that's like right about to get everything that they want and then all of a sudden they just crash and burn. We've seen this like, this is like a very common pattern and it's, it's a, a serious form of self-sabotage. But that being said, I almost had that. I had this imposter syndrome because I was like this gym dude, you know, meathead guy, and like I'm in this yoga studio and I really like being there. But like I was like, I'm not sure if they want me here. Like, do they even want me here? Like, I would mind you too. I used to be a really anxious person, like so anxious before yoga and I had no idea but the owners which I love very much to this day um they made me feel so welcome you know and and even even some of the other teachers too um shout out Val if you're listening to this um you know like I I, my first class ever was with um this chick I know Val she's really cool and uh you know, I, I went in and I was like so confident because I was like, yeah, I've taken yoga before. I took three classes of it in college. Like, I'm about to crush this. So Warrior One shows up and I busted out full 90 degree angle on my right knee. 
you know? And I'm dying, but I'm just holding on for dear life. And then you, in the beginning of it all too, you have this ego, right? And I had this ego being this gym person too. I was like, I'm going to show them. Every gym person has this, their first yoga class. And then they get molly whopped, which is exactly <laughs> what happened to me. Got molly whopped because it was warrior one right side, warrior one left side. Do the full vinyasa in college we didn't do that many vinyasas you know and then it was then it was flowing warrior ones and i was just like what what is this madness this is madness and like um i was dying and at the end of it all the teacher approached me and was like you did so good oh my god and i was like ah she's just saying that you know <laughs> like i'm dying um, but like little reinforcements like that is actually what, what kept me going back, you know? And then, and, and eventually I, you know, did the teacher training and everything down the line. But yeah, like the, the, the studio vibe is just so different, you know? Cause out in the real world, right? You have the yoga mindset, right? And that comes with so many different little things about everything. You know, like being present to the moment, you know, being, and that, that doesn't mean just like, that means like being present in a conversation, you know, being open, being, you know, vulnerable in a way, objectively observing things instead of reacting to things, reacting to sensations, you know, and there's so few of us that actually think like this in the real world that when you get everyone together, like when you get a bunch of seasoned yogis together in a class, it's almost like a little mastermind group, mm. you know? It's like all these people that, that have the same way of thinking are together and you're there to support each other, even if it's just through breath, you know? Yeah, that community aspect of it is definitely key. Like that's, I, it's it's kind of weird that that's like such a big part because like right it's a physical practice like it's it's a workout it's mobility right. like this is what most people are going there for but there's some community aspect to being in a room with whatever x amount of people and all you know breathing at the same time mm. moving in the same way oh my god yeah uh, which is powerful that's so magical it, it's definitely also though. Like, there, there are parts of every religion that mimic that, right? Yeah. I feel like we keep coming back to, like, these kind of religious aspects of yoga. Right. Um, but, like, it totally is, which is fine. And we're, as a community, we, as a society, you know, a lot of us lack that for whatever reason. Be, being that you just don't subscribe to a particular religion um, or even a lot of those rituals have been kind of removed as well as like society has um, developed also. So having that like a place where you can go and breathe and move in communion with other people is like re is really strong, I think. Yeah, it's uh, what you said. It kind of reminds me of uh, it's like bars, actually, if you think about it, like you think the lie is you go to the bars to drink. But if that were the case, if drinking were the sole ob object of going to the bars, you, you wouldn't go. You would instead, you would go to like the liquor store or wherever sells your favorite um, type of drink and you would buy it in abundance because it's way cheaper 
and you would sit at home in the comfort of your home and you would drink that way, right? Some people do that. Some, some people do that, right? But the, the real appeal of going to a bar isn't the drink. It's, it's the people, you know? Yeah, it's the excitement of meeting new people and like, oh, what could, you know, there's, yeah. there, there's this unknown aspect that's, you know, exciting and exhilarating to do that. Yes, absolutely. And that's, that's definitely, I'd, I'd say you touched on it, you know, really well. Like that's a strong component of going to a yoga class. It's being with other people, you know, we don't give that enough credit. You know, I feel like it's kind of like, it's for whatever reason, it's not, it's like uncool to say that like you want to be with other people. You know what I mean? It almost has to be this like lie, you know? I don't know who thinks that's uncool. Yeah, I, I they're, mean, they're the uncool ones. That's right. That's right. We're gonna change the paradigm. So. I mean, it's true. We're we're communal beings. Like we, you know, like why, like why are we even doing this? We're like sitting, right. like like you know, we schedule time to sit down and and talk to one another for an hour or whatever. Like. To see, and yeah, we're recording and we're going to put it up for other people. But like, in reality, if this, if this process, if this process wasn't also like uh, joyful or, or beneficial or whatever, like we wouldn't be doing it at all. Nor would anybody want to watch it, you know, at all. So right. it's like there's this, this is like we're made to do this type of thing. You know, we're made to yeah. sit. I mean, probably more ideally around a, a group of like eight to 10 people and like right. just talk and like one person tells stories and the other per- people listen and like back and forth, whatever. Like that's that's how we grew up. Like that's what we evolved to do. That's what humans evolved doing. So there's this very kind of visceral uh, desire for this, you know, and as everything gets more and more separated with people like the more we desire this so this is great like mm-hmm. we're and especially right now we're the most separated because like of the coronavirus and whatnot we're like yet we're still everybody's yearning to do something like this or you know if anybody is just at home by themselves and they don't have to go anywhere for work because they work from home and they don't really have to communicate with anybody for their work and whatever like they're they're going crazy you know like that you need mm-hmm. some sort of connection um, in order to keep things going. There's something to that human interaction. I, uh, I'll never forget, you know, all the people in 2019 were still posting, like, memes about being, like, invited to things and then brushing plans off. Memes about, like, how they don't like being around people. Those kinds of memes, right? In 2020, all of those vanished all yeah. of those are gone now, you know, and now everyone's just like, oh, God, like, I can't wait to be able to do things again. You mm-hmm. know, and it's just like, well, the, the veil has been lifted, you know, now, you know, that's what so. happens with everything, though. Like when you have something in abundance, like you get used to it, you get desensitized to it, you take it for granted and then, oh, it gets taken away and you're like whoa, like, I didn't, you know, I didn't realize that that could happen, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. and then you have to do without it, and it's like, damn, it makes you really appreciate what you did have, but that's also, I feel like that's why it has to happen, and why there has to be good and bad, and, 
you know, light and darkness mm-hmm. and sadness and happiness and all this stuff, like, they're without one, you can't appreciate the other. So without the possibility right. of, you know, all social interactions ending, like, you're not going to truly appreciate when, you know, just getting to go out to dinner at, at a restaurant mm-hmm. with some friends, you know? Like, the first time we were able to do that after the, you know, when, once the shelter-in-place was uh, starting to ease up a little bit, like, and we were able to go to a restaurant and eat dinner with some friends, like, that was so cool, right. you know? And before that, you know, it was like, oh, I don't know, like, should we really be mm-hmm. going out and spending this money and whatever, and maybe I'd rather stay home, or, oh, I have this to do or that to do, you know, and you find all these other excuses and things, but then when it's not available to you and, and, and it's been taken away from you, 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 you know, you kind of reprioritize and, and understand that, like, oh, that, how great certain things are. Absolutely, yeah. I, I've been, uh, I've been, I've been going out, you know, a little bit. Like uh, Santana Row opened up, and um, and it was, you know, I, I went to Campbell, I went to Santana Row, I went there, this, this, and that place. And Santana Row is like the busiest of all that I've seen. But everything is like social distancing, like COVID compliant. And like every time I go, I can't help but feel this just like there's people here. Like it's just so it's like so like, you know, you never would have thought that you'd be so grateful for it. You know, if anything, it's like it it used to just be like, why are there so many people here? And now it's just like, oh, my God, look at these people. Mm. And I'm just so like infatuated by the fact that there's other people and it's still Santana Rose, so everyone's dressing up, you know? And so it's, it's fun. Everything is so, everything is like very, very deeply appreciated right now. You know, like even, even going to the store is like, is like, yeah, like I'm going to dress up, you know, in a weird way. <laughs> so, but anyway, yeah, community is, community is like, it, it was one of the first things I learned, you know, with, with yoga. It was like, whoa, like, this is incredibly valuable, you know. But um, what would you say, uh, like, what, is, what was the first, like, nug that you took away? Like, the first nugget of wisdom that you took away from yoga? I don't know if this is the first, but this is the first one that came to my mind. So, so I'll bring Good it enough. up. And it was... So it, it was during my teacher training, which, so I'm already some level of commitment in, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, um, and this, you know, I, I'm unsure what your teacher training process is but, or was, but so much of it is just like life and self-betterment type stuff, right? Like that, I don't, I don't know if yours, was, did yours have a pretty heavy aspect of that in it we so we did three different parts so we did um the we had our morning practice which was four hours long and was brutal and then we did um we had break and then we had lunch and we we had a prompt and then we come back and we had what was called chair sessions which was like confidential everybody had to like sign a agreement and stuff and then you had you were encouraged to share it, but obviously they couldn't make you share it. But me, I wanted to get my money's worth, so I shared every single time, and it was magical. And it changed my life, absolutely changed my life. And then in the evening, we had practice teaching sessions. 
but yeah, we, the, the easily the most valuable chunk to me was the middle chunk was the chair sessions. And mm-hmm. that was kind of, I don't know how, what your structure was like, but yeah, it was, you know, cause I talked to, you know, I talked to people that do teacher trainings all around the world. If you've never done teacher training and you don't know, um, like teacher trainings are different, so different wherever you go. It's not like a standard program. Um, unless you have obviously like follow one lineage, then they have how they do things. I talked to some teachers though that went to their training and it was all like anatomy and philosophy and, and just like learning, learning, learning those kinds right. of things, but not and so just much like, like self. Right. And like, they look at me like, whoa, like you didn't read the yoga sutras. Cause we didn't. And I look at them like, you don't have chair sessions. Like, <laughs> you know? Yeah. What was yours? What was yours like, though? Um, so like you said, it, it was really like, about like self betterment and stuff. Uh, so. Yeah, a lot of it was, and it wasn't as like, like I can't give you a daily schedule and be like, oh, this was when this type of thing happened every, every right. time because you know, each each day or maybe even more each week kind of varied where like there would be a different type of thing highlighted. Either way, this one session. Um, and the, the teacher leading this part of it um, is a lady named Maylai. She uh, led this one session that was, um, it was all about voice, right? So voice obviously being an important part of being a teacher and kind of finding your voice, whatever. But I still, and I tell this story fairly often, and I just, I just think it was such an amazing exercise. She started off, whatever, you know, she's, talking about voice and, and, and finding everybody's voice, whatever. And then she prompted us to write a letter to our voice, okay? So, like, Whoa. write a letter as if you're talking to what your voice is. and So you're examining kind of your internal feelings towards what your voice is like, you know? And I'm uh, very uh, definitely on the introverted side and whatnot and, and did at that point and still do uh wish that I had more, you know, I don't know, more power in my voice, was a little more confident or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so whatever, you write that, whatever that might be. And we talked about it a little bit. And then she was like, okay, now you're going to write a letter from the point of view of your voice responding to that letter. Whoa. And since obviously you have both sides of these stories because they're all you, right? So then you're responding to your like initial criticisms of your voice, basically, you know, as your voice. And then I believe the last portion of that was basically a response back from yourself to your voice in like you know what your kind of kind of what you can do and what you will do to like help reconcile whatever was going on in those letters, right? And then after that, I feel like this was even the more powerful part where she had everybody, you know, the option to share it, right? Um, And so we go, you know, there are like 30 of us. I don't know if all 30 shared, but you figure, you know, maybe 20 or so uh, people share. And you go around the room, and of course, you know, there are plenty of people who are more extroverted, there are people who are more introverted, whatever. But literally every person that shared everything had some insecurity about their voice. The people who are more introverted are like, yeah, I kind of like notice that I 
um, you know, I, I, I talk so much or try to be so loud or whatever because I'm insecure that, you know, somebody might find out whatever about me, that I'm not actually as happy or I'm not actually as smart or I'm not actually whatever this or that. That was basically the broad scope of what all of the extroverts said. And then all of the introverts are basically like, you know, that they don't talk as much because the same reason. They're scared that, you know, they'll be found out or they they don't want to feel a certain way or make somebody feel a certain way or uh, be found out that, you know, maybe they don't know what they're talking about or whatever. So, like, then each person, literally everybody in the room is coming from the exact same place. And it's just, well, some people are choosing to, you know, respond to that and try to bolster themselves by talking more and, 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 you know, being louder, and some are doing the opposite. But both of them, so literally every single person has these insecurities and things um, that that are just forcing you to do it. So it's like everybody's in the same exact boat, mm-hmm. you know? Um, mm-hmm. And that was a big, that was just like a huge realization to me where it's like, oh, we're all, like, we're all struggling with the same thing. It's just, obviously, people choose to deal with it in different ways, but, like, that's just a human trait to be insecure and not fully sure of yourself or whatever, you know? Like, and you hear that from everybody, from anybody who is successful as well will tell you the same thing. They have those same thoughts, you know? Um, So, yeah, that was just a huge, huge takeaway. Yeah, so, like, with the takeaway, like, one of the things, like, I realized the exact same thing, you know, because we had, we had, yeah, very similar thing. And for me, it was, like, I realized that these are just human problems. And the fact that everyone has to deal with the same things actually kind of gave me permission to dismiss worrying about them entirely. Mm -hmm. You know? I was just like, oh, well, if everyone worries about this, then... I'm just not going to worry about it. Exactly, know? yeah. And especially when it's like and it's it's like, oh, everybody worries about not being good enough. Like well then, you know, it totally discounts it. And not that you can't or shouldn't feel like that or that it's bad to, but it's just like everybody feels like it. So we're all on the same we're all we're all on the same level, you know. If I'm mm-hmm. feeling really insecure about myself, but then like I'm talking to you and understand that you probably feel the same way, then it's like, if anything, that's just something more to connect on and like try to make that person feel more more comfortable or whatever, and that will in turn make you feel more comfortable too. Um, so yeah. there's like that. It's just we're all, we're all in the same boat, and I like how you put it, yeah. that these are all human problems. And like if they're human problems, it's certainly nothing to be ashamed about, you know? Yeah, and and it's like it, we we talked in like I think episode one Buddhism says life is suffering. It's like the first uh, noble truth of Buddhism, and like I think that this this touches on that, and I think that this is also why every human deserves respect and compassion, respect and understanding. I like I really believe every single human deserves this, is because we all deal with the same things we all want the same things it's how we go about getting them that's different everyone wants safety everyone wants to feel loved everyone wants to feel happy you know but it's like 
we get lost in like, okay, does safety mean opening up our borders or closing our borders? Does right. safety mean wearing a mask or not wearing a mask, you know, and, and that kind of thing. But at the, at the heart of it all, we all want the same things, you know. So the first thing, so I'll answer it for me now. The yeah. first thing that I, the, 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 the day one when I was like, I'm in this for life, it was like during my two-week trial where um, I started to realize, I lose a lot of people when I talk about this because it's out there, you know? But, uh, so try to stay with it and just try to accept that I'm not crazy because like a lot of other people, like you could read about what I'm about to explain to you and I'll give you books if you need them, right? Power of Now, Journey into Power, I'll talk about this. I basically was like in my bedroom and something had triggered me to feel anxious. And again, I was a super anxious person, super anxiety prone. And I noticed a trigger. And instead of going down the same pattern, like, cause, cause it's like the way your brain works is it's like stimulus and then you respond and then you have like a belief and 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 a belief. And then you have a reaction. Right, so it's like all these assumptions all the way, and it's like happens at lightning speed. So um, I like caught the stimulus and like noticed that I was riding down that wave again and stopped. And I was like, "Why am I doing this?" Like, and then I flipped out about me catching it. I was like, <laughs> "Why did I just catch this? What the hell is happening?" And then like that just kept happening, and that just kept snowballing. And I mean, to this day, I still have, I still, that, that still happens. It's like, oh, here's an autopilot moment, you know, stop this, time to, time to pick a new path. I feel like the day we begin to die is not the day we like leave our body. It's the day that you just do the same things the same way over and over again, right? Humans are patterns. We just do the same. That's why you can have the same reaction from different people when you say the same thing, you know? So it's like, do the new thing like try to do it new because if you just respond the same old way you think the same old way you're just you're literally just a pattern and you're not even really like choosing to you're not even being a creator in your life you're just moving through it you know so that was like for me it was like whoa there is something to this and then I started to really I started to read about it I started to really get a grip on it and then and then the rest is history you know, I did my teacher training. I talked about it last time. Signed up for teacher training on my birthday. I just full sent it. Again, I was kind of going through this, like, identity thing. I was like, oh, no. Like, am I really going to be a yoga teacher now? Like, is this who I'm going to be? Like, I'm going to be this guy? And then, like, <laughs> I, I'm just being totally honest. No, like, this yeah. is exactly what I thought, you know? Because I could sit here and be like, yeah, I knew since day one I was going to. No, like, I was like no shit like this is gonna be i'm gonna be that guy now you know and then like <laughs> you know and then uh but i you know as a gift to myself i was like i'm i'm doing this and it was life-changing for sure you know i think that that realization is one of the biggest ones that comes from yoga like that ability to you know, notice something happening and then choosing how to act as opposed to just blindly reacting to it. Um, right. You know, that's such a huge component of like yoga or any any practice of mindfulness or anything. 
and I feel like like that is something that every person needs and it's not even necessarily like oh doing yoga is like the only way to find that no but like anybody listening to this who you know we say that and they're kind of like what I don't know like if you don't understand that like there are and uh, there are plenty of resources like you said um to 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 start to dive into that so yeah just like a Google of like what basic mindfulness is or, you know, the power now, these books like that. Um, you know, I'm sure there'd be a, an, an, another nice YouTube clip that explains it very, uh, yes. even more precisely. But like, that's something, if you hear this and it sparked any little bit in you, like go do more of a dive in that. And if you do already know what we're, what we're saying, just try to practice that as much as you can and I'll you know that advice for us as well because it's not yes. easy to do all the time like it's you know it's certainly that is a practice in and of itself um but it is such like an amazing kind of superpower to to be able to do that you know right yeah it's so well said oh my god so well said yeah like if 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 you already know to do this get back on your horse if you've fallen off and if you kind of like listen to what I was saying and we're like, okay, I don't know about all this. Like, no, this is well documented. Like this is, this is why I teach yoga. This is why I do what I do. And I'm sure you as well, you know, it's cause of that, you know, it's because, and that's so, okay, let's get real weird. All right. Consciousness. We're going to talk about consciousness. <laughs> so, okay. Consciousness. All that means is like basically like awareness. So the reason that you have so many autopilot like beliefs or not autopilot, but autopilot reactions is because you're not fully aware of them. Right. Would you agree? Like if you were fully aware of everything that you would do and all the, you know, the, the reactions and how those, those behaviors tend to play out, you wouldn't keep doing the things that are hurting you you would change them. You know, many times, that's why, like, uh, the Bible says, I can't believe I quote the Bible so much on this show because, like, <laughs> I don't, I'm not Christian. I was never raised Christian. Hey, it was but, a good book. Like, it says, Father, <laughs> right? Uh, they all are, to be honest, um, in my opinion. But, like, uh, it's like, uh, you know, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. And, like, yeah, people don't know, like, the, you don't know how much harm you're causing. And that's, like, at the heart of it all, yoga, mindfulness, meditation, it increases your awareness, it increases your consciousness, and it just makes you a better person. That's it, you know? Yeah, to to touch on that just a little more, to give people more of an understanding, you know, of that concept, because I think we can do a pretty good job of it, is, like, we can all think of examples that are just automatic responses, right? And like you said, if you were to like consciously be aware of every single thing that you did or every movement that you made like throughout the day, like you just wouldn't be able to handle it, right? Like right. like you can't. So yeah. we've evolved to automate a lot of these things. And even if you, you know, have to take it down to um, like basic bodily functions, it's like those are things that you don't have control over or at least that you don't control the majority of the time breath being a huge you know example of that right if you're not mm-hmm. thinking about breathing you're going to continue to breathing 
Can you, though, stop and think about it and alter the way in which you're breathing? Obviously, you can't totally cease to breathe because that wouldn't be good. But, like, you know, you can choose how, how to do it and how to go about it. And in the same way, you know, whatever is happening in your life, you're, if you're not consciously aware or, like, trying to make an attempt to respond to it in a certain way, whatever deeper pattern that you have that you've built through your your childhood and into your adulthood whatever like that just automatic process will easily take over because it's way easier it's more efficient for the body and and the mind to just keep doing something that it's just always done and it doesn't like have another way it's just that one one path and you can think Mm -hmm. about like a field of tall grass with that one path through it, you know, like because oh, people will, like walk down this path, and eventually all the grass gets stepped on. And eventually, it turns to dirt, and then there's this one path. And it would seem crazy to try to go through that field any other way other than that one path, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's what your thoughts are doing. But you can choose to not do that. You know, you can choose to consciously start walking another path and maybe it's a little harder it is because you have to like stop and consciously make that decision to do it but you can go down that path and maybe you need a couple tools maybe you need a machete or whatever to get through there but eventually that becomes a slightly more viable option and then the more that you do choose to go down that path it turns into the same type of path as the original one except Mm -hmm. you chose to make this one because it's better for you as opposed to the path that you were just going on blindly from when you were a kid and you couldn't think like this because your mind wasn't developed in a way that allowed you to. And that's, uh, that's that was really well said. I really like that uh, path analogy too because um, that's actually how your brain works, like with neurons. So if you don't know about your brain, you basically have electrical wires in your brain called neurons and they link together to form different like thoughts and behaviors and reactions in our example, right? And the more you react a certain way, the more you think something, the stronger it gets and the like like the more beaten down the path gets. So the more easy it is for those electrical impulses or people in this example, it is to like walk down that path. So it's so hard to deviate from it, you know, because again, it's a it's a beaten path and it's like why wouldn't you not but you don't actually know how bad it's hurting you, you know? So awareness, you know, slowing it down and doing that new thing and not doing the same thing, switching it up, you know, so important. All right, cool. I think that's a great point to end it on. We can wrap it up here. So uh, stay well, stay safe, and see you next time. Take care.